Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here. It's wonderful to see you. Those online, thanks for joining us and being part of our study and our family here at Living Messiah. The website, as you know, livingmessiah.com. You'll find a donate button there and the address right next to it as well. And we just want to say thanks for all those who support us. And um, thank you. It's as simple as that. Thank you. We are so appreciative. And leave a thumbs up or comment if you'd like as well. That would be awesome uh, as uh, too. So let me open in prayer, and then we can get into our study. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. There is none like you. Father, we thank you for your, uh, your faithfulness to your words. Father, and your grace and your mercy that you put forth and have put on each and every one of us, you have demonstrated that. We thank you, Father. So we come wanting to understand you and your ways, your words and the words of your Son. Father, thank you again for that. And just be with us as we looking, look into this study. We thank you. Amen. Now, as you guys already know, comments and questions, um, let's stick with the text uh, so we all can learn together. Uh, that's very important, especially with today, because there's going to be a lot, maybe a lot of information, some you know, some you didn't know, but it's, I think it's going to be fun, and it's, uh, uh, there's a purpose for it regardless. Um, that being said, when you do raise your hand, the mic will find its way to you. Just make sure uh, you have it real close to your mouth when you speak in. That way it comes through clear, and everyone can hear you here and online as well. So... As far as review, we um, were in the chapter 13 of Acts. The assembly in Antioch, after fasting in prayer, they laid hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them out to the nations with the word of Elohim. So here they headed to the nearest seaport, and from there they then headed out to the island of Cyprus. This is the home of Barnabas. Yeah, Barnabas. They headed to a Jewish community in the town of Salamis, I believe. And there again, they proclaimed the word of Elohim. Having passed through all the island to, uh, the island to um, Papos, they found a certain magician, a false prophet. Uh, he's a Jew. His name was Bar Yeshua, or you would know him as Bar Jesus. Um, also, depending on your translation. And that's where we left off last week. So we got to get there. We're there. So, so what we were talking about, the, the subject that we began to discuss was wise men, prophets, and magicians and the relationship. And if you remember back, even before Barnabas and Saul set out on this journey, it was prophets and teachers in the assembly that, you know, a part of that assembly there 
um, aiding in that body of believers. Um, so that's why we'll continue uh, with this subject of prophets. I think it's an important one. Um, we, we started to look at this um, magician, Bar Yashua, who was labeled as a false prophet. This opened the door to all kinds of other titles that we kind of went over. Some can be uh, someone that ultimately someone can hold, and the relationship between them and a prophet. That being some of the uh, some of the things, and you'll hear me say this over and over again. But it's to remind us that relationship. That is magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, soothsayers, seers, dream interpreters, men physicians, etc. Okay? We can even add, last, last week I, I was informed, we can even add scientists and chemists and alchemists to this whole, whole genre of, of people and the labels. Okay? So ultimately, it, they, were, they did hold this idea of teachers, and I mentioned professors of our modern day, uh, to the list, for they all have roots some way that go back to all those I just listed. Okay? So we began with the Greek word here for magician or sorcerer, depending on your translation. And it's the word magos or magas. Okay? This traces back to the Hebrew uh, rav mag. A soothsayer, whether by name or profession, in the Hebrew uh, scriptures, he was a soothsayer or a magician. So, Amagus, the name given by the Babylonians, okay, and also the Chaldeans, Babylonian Chaldeans are somewhat one and the same, but it also was this label for the Medes, the Persians, and others to this label given to wise men, teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, interpretive dreams, soothsayers, you get my drift, okay, of how this word is associated there. And it is in our text here and why we headed this way. So this Jewish false prophet also had another word associated with him, almas. Okay, and that is a wise man, again, one of the, in the list. And it comes from the Aramaic meaning um, powerful or one who's in abundant in something, ultimately in knowledge or what have you. So, I believe the story of the Exodus can bring all this together for us. That's where the blueprint of a prophet comes to us. It is where Elohim defines it for us. It was Moses that recorded and compiled, obviously, the first five books, the Torah. So that's where, why it's important. So its usage then, and that should interest us. It interests me. So we are going to make our way from this island of Cyprus, where we're, on, where we're at, with this false prophet, and we're mentally, <laughs> so to speak, we're going to go travel back to Mount Sinai. 
And ultimately, this is to look at the word prophet. And like I said, yeah, some of this you may already know or taken for granted, and you're like, oh, I know, yawning at it. But remember, Scripture repeats itself over and over and over again. So I'm sure, or at least I'm hoping, we'll find something new that maybe you didn't know or new connections. And ultimately, by reading, it is the book that we should go by. And we read it over and over again because we get new revelation, new connections. So, so I think it is. So first of all, universal, the universal concept of a prophet is to receive words from deity. Okay? I'm going to start with that concept. This is both with Israel and the surrounding nations. Okay? One key thing with Israel is Yahuwah takes a lot of the guesswork out by, by giving to Moses what is expected of the people. You don't necessarily have that with these um, other gods, okay, that people worship and the other deities, okay? Which I think that that's very big in itself, okay? So... So ultimately, what is it being expected of people? This is just not in the form of a worship, but all aspects of life as we know. Okay, to serve Elohim is to to serve Him with all that you have, right? So much of what Israel's prophets say, if we look at it, is a reminder of already what has been given, and that comes from Mount Sinai. So that's interesting in itself right there as well. So it is that differences that, gives, gives, that he gives between his people and the nations on this subject. That is what is important for us to notice those slight differences. I have to say this. This is my view, and I believe it's pretty sound, okay? It's my understanding on this subject at this point, okay, in my journey. So the purpose of looking into the use of the word prophet and the other related words in Scripture, both from Elohim's perspective and the nations around his people, I think it will help us in awareness for us today. It has to, okay? Not just in the religious or the spiritual realm, and I'm using that kind of loosely, you know, in, in those fields, but in the field of learning, in, in the field of learning in our modern day. Okay, this would be, for instance, trust the science. Right, we've heard that recently. The experts, right? If you've watched the news, you've seen that. Okay, and all that is ultimately to persuade you in the sense that you don't know anything and the experts do and where are they getting it from, right? So in some sense, you can see the idea of profit in there as well because they're getting information from where? Not from necessarily Elohim, from somewhere and then conveying that out to you, okay? So that's where I think it, it is important. You can clearly see that relationship for us today. And again, it comes down to Elohim's word and his ways and how the world has their own ways. 
right? It is Elohim's instructions on these matters in how he lays them out for us to be, uh, how us for to be, not like the world, okay? Their thought process and their actions, how to be different from that, okay? Ultimately, don't do like they do, do as I have shown you to do. Simple. So our faith ultimately encompasses our whole lives. You have to realize that. I know that should be a no-brainer, but sometimes all of us forget that part. It's all of our life and every aspect of what we do. Okay? And why I say that, he even says this, of, uh, this is the result he talks about a result by obeying his direction that he gives his people. And that, again, comes through Moses. So, see, I have taught you laws and right rulings as Yahuwah, my Elohim, commanded me. This being Moses is relaying this. To do thus in the land which you go to possess, and you shall guard and do them, for this is your wisdom key word, and your understanding before the eyes of the people who hear all these laws, and they shall say, only what? A wise and understanding people is this great nation. For what great nation is there which has, an, has Elohim so near to it as Yahuwah, our Elohim, to us whenever we call on him? So, as I'm going through this, things came to me. One of them was, right here, it's kind of interesting. It sounds like there would be no doubt that he is or that he exists before the nations if his people did what he said. But, we know Israel had failed, and we all need to raise our hands. We fail at that as well, as in some sense. But to me, it's saying, it's like, man, if you would do this, there would be no doubt who I am to the people, because it's about his name, who he is, that he's revealing to humanity, to his people, and then to all. So, as you know, there is always a separation. He is his people. His ways versus those of the nations. The world has science and technologies, great wisdom, but they never mastered, let's say we too, we never mastered how to get along with each other. We really haven't. You just look outside, look at how the world is, right? You might even conclude then maybe that the most important thing to our God, our Elohim, Yahuwah, is how to love your fellow man. And you can't do that without knowing how to love him. So it's not about these great things, the the great secrets that you might not know and the ultimate tap. It's just like, man, we, we just haven't been able to get along as human beings with each other. 
So, with all that, then technology and science, wise, the wise men's wisdom of the world, it's kind of pointless in some aspects. So, back to how this relates to our study on the subject wise men, magicians, and prophets. As you just seen, we need to go to the mountain where true wisdom and knowledge for man comes from, and that is Elohim himself, Yahuwah. So the path to the mountain began in the book of Exodus. Just as the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, and the Persians, they had you know, their wise men, their, their magicians. The Egyptians also had a name for magicians as well that would encompass that somewhat most of that list of those things. So, in Egypt, they, they had the, their name for these were the Hartom is the Hebrew word used for the magicians in the Exodus story. They did some of the same signs, as we know, as Moses did, right? I think it was, was it Aaron's rod at that point? Back and forth, there was one of the rods. Either it was Moses and Aaron. I know some points it was Moses and others it was Aaron. But they, those magicians, those Hartom, did some of the same things as what was presented before Pharaoh. So Hartom were the diviners, the magicians, the astrologers from the Egyptian perspective. Also, that comes along with that in my study, I found they were the engravers, writers of hidden things, a bearer of sacred words. With that definition given, here you can see the relationship already with a prophet. Right? Especially with that idea of, of, especially with the definition that includes writers of hidden things and bearer of sacred words. You can see how that comes real close to that idea of prophet that most of us understand. Right? So magicians and prophets have a lot of similarities. It may, it may seem like we are jumping around or I'm jumping around here, but we really are not if we keep in the forefront wise men, magicians, and prophets. Okay? The first appearance of the word prophet in the Hebrew Scriptures is with who? We've got a hand up over here. Anyone know? Anyone know? I think Paul knows. Abraham. Yes, it was. It was with Abraham. So let's kind of start our journey with him. Oh, I forgot to read the rest of this in Deuteronomy. Excuse me. And what great nation is there that has such laws and righteous rulings like all this Torah, which I set before you this day? Only guard yourselves to guard your life digitally, lest you forget 
the words your eyes have seen, and least they turn aside from your heart all the days of your life, and you shall make them known to your children and your grandchildren. And Yahweh commanded me, Moses, at that time to teach you these laws and write rulings for you to do them in the land that you pass over and going to possess. So, the first prophet was Abraham. Genesis 20. And Elohim said to him in a dream, this is the king of Egypt at the time, Yea, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, and so I kept you from sinning against me. For this reason, I did not let you touch her. And now return the man's wife, that being Sarah, for he is a prophet, that being Abraham, and let him pray for you, and you live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall certainly die. You and all of you and all that are yours. So here's where we can start dissecting and looking at this idea. So first of all, Elohim gave the king of Egypt insight on who this man Abraham is. The word prophet is being used here. It must, uh, must have been highly respected, maybe, the title, for, for ultimately for Elohim to use it. He used it in combination about Abraham to this Pharaoh, this king of Egypt. So, he was a prophet, ultimately, I would just, I'm just kind of thinking here. He was a, the king recognized him as a prophet, so that would be that he was a prophet of a god, or a deity of, some, of someone, right? And then ultimately, this god came to him into a dream. It, I don't think it necessarily means the king, were, the king was aware of who Yahuwah was or, or worshipped or maybe even knew who he was, you know. But I would say he knew he was the god of Abraham. He would have to make some kind of con connection, <laughs> right, having this dream. And maybe at the end of the day, he recognized there's another God that I'm not aware of if he was not aware. He was surely aware of it now, that there was another deity. And it's interesting why I say that. It motivated the king to react, <laughs> right? Because that's actually what had happened. And again, if you have any comments, just raise your hand, Paul. Yes, it motivated him to respond because it was a life or death matter, as yeah. he said. And so a lot of times when the prophets, uh, again, that word prophet, and you brought this up last week, was uh, Nabi, and then it's derived from the word Naba, which pretty much means to speak, sing. It's interesting because I can speak to that by inspiration. <laughs> and even when you look up the word inspire in the root, 
Latin word that we get it from English. It literally means to be breathed upon by divine influence. So when we hear musicians say that I was inspired to write this song, or this song just came to me, I don't feel like I own this music. It just came to me. The question is, are they acting according to this word Naba and Nabi as a prophet, but it doesn't mean that it's a prophet of yod heh Yes. So it's something to think about when people use the word, I was inspired. Its roots have to do with being spirit breathe or breathe upon by a deity. Yeah, thank you, Paul. And you, I, hopefully you're noticing the word prophet and how it's associated already with all these other things. Uh, that's important for us to recognize and what Paul's saying. So, and as we go further, we'll see other ways that will help us to be discerning of events and things. So a side note here with Abraham. And just yell it out. Where did he come from? Ur of the Chaldeans, right? And what were they noted for? Uh, that's a whole study in itself. <laughs> yeah, astrologers. They had wise men, astronomers. <laughs> you know, it is a study in itself. But to just point out Abraham was called out of that place, uh, a worshiping nation of many gods that included wise men, teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, interpreters of dreams, soothsayers, sorcerers, all right there. And Abraham's called out, and he's being called a prophet. Oh, yes. I just want to speak about that. We've mentioned this several times or many times when we talk about this subject. So the Chaldeans were master astronomers. They understood mathematics to a degree that we need calculators today to understand. They understood the movement of the heavens. The difference between what Abraham saw in the midst of all of his educated peers, because I believe Abraham understood the heavens and the cycles and the patterns. Mm -hmm. Abraham was an elite mathematician. The difference was is that he acknowledged that all of these individual bodies move by the command of one deity. These are not individual deities which his... Um, companions saw them as individual individual deities. He acknowledged that there's one deity that operates and orchestrates everything. They move by his command. These are not individual thinking deities. And I believe that is why he was called out. And what his thinking was, was labeled as righteousness, because you're right. There is one commander, there's one high Elohim that commands everything that's been created. No, I agree. Thank you, Polly. Because it's interesting, if you go to Joshua 2, Joshua says this, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says Yahweh Elohim of Israel, long ago your fathers dwelt beyond the river, Terah, all right, the father of Abraham, and 
the father of Nahor. They served other mighty ones. And we see whether Abraham at one point did or not, he was being changed to understand it much differently. Called out of those ideas and those deities to mm, there is one in charge. Okay, I think that's quite clear. So, and it goes on, so I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and caused him to go through all the land of Cana and multiply the offspring and gave him Isaac. So, ultimately, this still bring, brings us to Moses in the Exodus story because Moses is the one recording, like I said, the first five books, which includes the history of Abraham. So after the dream from Elohim, the king had uh, respect. Uh, he had uh, some kind of respect of the office. He had a respect for Abraham, like Paul pointed out. Ooh, it's life or death. Um, let her go. So that he had some kind of connection with the unseen realm, I would add, too especially if this king, understanding prophets and all that, and then dreams, and this Abraham, uh, God, okay, he's, a, he's being called a prophet. That means he has info in a realm that the king doesn't have. It's sort of kind of how I'm concluding it. Abraham was a prophet, and Moses used that Hebrew word for prophet here. Okay, that was brought up. So the office of a prophet has, again, this uh, relationship in some way connected with the, all those titles and offices listed that the other nations had. So Elohim's usage we need to understand for ourselves. The Hebrew word behind the word prophet, like what was brought up, Navi. Nabi, Navi. Inspired man, Pro, uh, the top one is the noun, so that would be the person or the prophet itself. Uh, the one below it is the action of that, prophesying, right? And I won't go to it. And ultimately to make oneself a prophet. It, it's, it's interesting. But the Hebrew word behind the word prophet is navi. In the Greek language, a prophet is simply one who speaks for another, one who speaks for a god and also interprets the god's will to the people. Hence, the essential meaning in Greek is interpreter. And there might be other words you might want to add to that, but he's an interpreter. So, but the Greek writings, uh, an interpreter was would have oracles or the other hidden things. Again, that key idea, hidden things that you that readily you just don't know. This is where we get our our English word for prophet, as you probably know. Now, here's some of the English definitions that I got from Webster's, and I think it's. It's kind of interesting. A person regarded as an inspired teacher or a proclaimer of the will of God. One regarded by a group of uh, followers as the final authoritative revealer of God's will. So you can see in 
that's interesting. One gifted with uh, more than ordinary spiritual or moral insight. One who foretells the future events, a predictor. And an effective leading spokesperson for a cause, a doctrine, or a group. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. There's probably something come to your mind on that, but. A spiritual seer. The English word prophet comes from uh, the Anglo French, Latin, goes down. And all those still have this idea of spokesman or interpreter. Uh, of a God, a revealer of God's will, foreteller f uh, of uh, future events. And it, as you, I just said, it ends up in the Greek. Even the Septuagint has, revealer, uh, has this idea of revealer of God's will. The New Testament, um, it has inspired preacher and teacher, foreteller of future events. Again, no revelation there. It all comes from the Greek. But there is two other Hebrew words that relate to Navi prophet. And they are chosin, a beholder in a vision. Uh, it has to do with an agreement, prophet, one that sees scar, a stargazer. So, hosin also means to see or to perceive. But to magicians, or I'm excusing magicians, it is also used to describe a, a counselor or an advisor to a king, so to speak. The Hebrew does not necessarily indicate that the person is a prophet, but rather in, a, um, in an advisor. Someone who has wisdom, that means one who has insight. It's interesting that the translators tried to indicate whether the message is spiritual, that they tend, they'll use prophet then, right? In translating this word, hosin. But if it, it, it's indicating that it's not spiritual in nature, they'll put advisor or counselor in there. So. In a sense, it's context. But it's still also associated with prophet. Now, there's another one that I think is important. Ra'ah. And it, it's used as in the idea to see literally or figuratively. It has a lot of different applications. Um, appearance. Uh, behold. Consider. Discern. Gaze, take heed, perceive, and vision associated with this. So if we kind of put that in a package for us and what we're looking at, a, a, a roah means to see or to perceive. It is generally used to describe one who is a revealer of secrets, who envisions things, ultimately a seer. Give me one second. So this idea of seer being associated with prophets, 
1 Samuel, it's interesting. Formerly in Israel, when a man went out to inquire of Elohim, he spoke thus, Come, let us go see a seer, a roah. For the prophet of today was formerly called that seer. So you can see clearly there is a connection between prophet and seer. So prophet, navi, the Hebrew word behind the word prophet, like, like we were saying, is navi. This brings us back to the word navi, prophet. Not all prophets were said to have had visions. But that doesn't mean they didn't. It is possible that was the case, though. And when I was doing this study, something came to me. And we'll see that later. So that very might be the case. Because later Elohim says what he says about prophets and how he communicates with them. We have many examples in the Bible of those who were called prophets and what they said and they did. I believe a word picture is a good aid for understanding prophets. Some relate this word navi to fountain or spring as in bubbling up. But the word picture from the letters themselves used have navi with this idea. Has the idea of seed inside and ultimately Seed inside, seed inside the house. Noon, bet, navi, okay, the noon in the bet. Noon represents pictorially just the seed. And the bet represents the house, family, and also the idea of inside. So it's like the seed of the house, the seed within the house. So real quickly, what does a prophet do? or at least one who's from Elohim. He's only going to be bringing things or words from within the Father's house out. So, and he's going to bring the seed of the house which is the word of Elohim. His word. So, seed inside Seed of the house. I got this. I like. I got some of this from Jeff Banner. I think he had a very good description, especially when it comes to the picture part of it. Yes, uh, uh, Paul. I hope I'm not going where you're going to go because if I am, I might. Be. Oh, that's all right. We'll just go over it again. Okay. <laughs> when you think about the word Torah or teach, it's kind of like casting. And if you're casting, when you go back to, let's, let's go forward to where the illustration that Yeshua gave about the casting the seed upon different kinds of ground. It yes. wasn't that the seed was bad. The seed was all good. It was a good seed. It was the soil that received the seed. So if a prophet is casting the seed from the house of yod heh then he is bringing forth something that, according to Scripture, 
should bear fruit. So the expectation from the Father would be that my prophet spoke to you. The seed came from my house. So I expect there to be fruit that would produce, that would reflect my seed. And then that's why there's so many times he talks about not mixing seed and being careful and so on, because the prophetic picture was given from the very beginning with the word usage that you just brought out. Yes. No, I, I thank you. And I think that's important. You see that relate. See, to me, that's something simple that we can see in Scripture and we can be confident in it because it's over and over and over and over again. Even in the beginning, like kind produces like kind. Fruit with the seed in itself. And it is to produce. Paul, you brought lemons today. A lemon tree produces lemons. If it produces anything other than lemons, it's a perversion. I was just going to add to what Paul said. So it, he, he mentioned it was because of the, the, the soil, the ground. So that's why when we sing that song, Break Up the Fallow Ground, it, what he wants to do is, to, is for us to make sure that soil is ready to receive that seed so that it's not rejected, so that it will produce. No, exactly. Thank you. Um. So even when we start thinking about judging the hearts, the soil of mankind, then it's like he's judging the soil. He's examining the soil. So what we actually allow our, our hearts to meditate on, to be on, because the only way that we can receive his seed, like he mentioned, is to cultivate that ground, to cut up, to pierce the heart, circumcise the heart, scriptures say, soften that so that it can receive that word. And that's a command that's given to us. But he also says that he will add to that and also circumcise our hearts also. So it, it, it gets very circular, but it's very simple and important. it ties in yeah. and very important. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Polly? So can I just jump on a little rabbit trail for just a moment? Sure. I don't know if you have time for this. <laughs> Is that okay? Yes. So I had been meditating on this word prophet, seer, other things that you mentioned this week, and it's interesting that you are expounding upon this. And this has really, it really is a rabbit trail. But while we were broke down in the middle of nowhere the first of this uh, year, and we had gotten a phone call from Mark's family saying, we need you to uh, take your turn in taking care of your mother, which will be there in a few weeks. It was a little overwhelming thought. And as we sat there with nothing to do but think, praise, and pray, I saw, because Mark's thinking, I don't know how we have room for one more people. We talk to our kids. We don't have room for any more people in this house. How, how are we going to do this? I saw what to do. I saw what we needed to do and that it would work. And so when we came home and told our kids, they say, that, you can't do all that. that this is, you, this is, you can't do all this. But I said, I saw it. We mm -hmm. can do it. Have we been breaking up fallow ground? We had to unearth and break up and mess up everybody's comfort zone. 
big. Okay, Pretty we're much still. What Elohim does with us, doesn't he? <laughs> it was, you know, it was. It's difficult. We're still sifting through it and weeding out things and shifting people around. But as it's coming into order, our kids have said, "Wow." I didn't, I don't know how you did this. How did you have this idea? How did you make it work? It wasn't really anything that I came up with. It's just that I saw how it could be done and we act upon it. And I don't claim to be a seer or a prophet, but I think the Father sometimes does allow us in a practical sense of what you're talking about to see something that he has shown us to bring order and establish a way that we can continue to walk out his will for our lives and for the greater community. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Polly. So a, a Hebrew prophet is one who speaks the words or instructions of Elohim. They are received through vision or dream. The instructions are to teach the proper way to go, to discipline, to train, a prophet can be gifted with more than ordinary spiritual or moral insight. One who brings forth the inner fruit, ultimately the seed. If we apply that word picture here, which I think is, it, it's a, I always see that word picture that all the time about the seed. And that's why I say that speaks a lot to me because that's that underlying principle of the seed and how it operates and the relationship to the word of Elohim. That is, the, ultimately, the seed is, that, uh, is the word of Elohim. And where does that word proceed from? From the house, from his place, right? Messiah alludes to this. This, and I'll close with this. Messiah alludes to this important principle in his parable of the soils that was brought up. Luke 8.11. And this is the parable, the seed is the word of Elohim. The, the verse before that, he says this. Catch on to this. To you it has been given to know the secrets the hidden things of the kingdom. That's exactly what a prophet does, but yet Messiah is, in some ways, showing you Elohim has, like I said before, Elohim has given us the Torah. He's given us a lot already. Yeah, he's cutting out, uh, you know, out there, they're going to their deities, whatever technology or whatever, and all these other things. Elohim has cut a lot of that out for us by just simply writing it down and giving it to Moses. That is huge. To know the secrets of the reign of Elohim. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so... In the book of Mark, it is recorded on this same story. And he said to them, his, his apostles, and we're reading it, do you not understand this parable? How shall you understand all the parables? Let me rephrase that. If you don't get this parable, the simple seed in the soil, you're not going to get anything. 
about the operation, how a seed works, produces fruit, coming from my house, the very word. Do you not understand? How then shall you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. He continues sows his word out there. Messiah narrows it down to his father's word. It's quite clear. The word of Elohim. I know you know this already, but this is where we, we will become, it will become very important for us today. It is, a, it is clear, Yeshua is operating in the office of a what then? A prophet. He is revealing the secrets, the hidden things of the kingdom. The secret things of our master, our king, our Elohim, our father. But they are not so hidden if they are written down. But if but if we do away with what's written down, aren't we throwing away the very secrets of the kingdom? Can you conclude that? And if we do that, then it surely becomes hidden for us if we disregard his very words and leaves the door open for all kinds of interpretations of all kinds of things, spiritual and otherwise, right? And most of the time, it ends up opposing the very things of our God. And it then opens the position for all kinds of prophets to rise to give you insight and hidden words that only the experts know and the scientists know. This is where Moses comes in still. He reveals all the words of Elohim. Deuteronomy 13 speaks of false prophets. Elohim brings them all under one title or label for his people. Remember, he is in the business of separating out things for his people and his kingdom. He is teaching us to, uh, he is teaching us then to do the same. Magicians, astrologers, uh, Sorcerers, soothsayers, seekers, dreamers, interpreters, writers of sacred words, wisdom of hidden things, etc. It goes on and on and on. They seem to all fall under this office to one extent or another of the Hebrew Navi, prophet. So for his people and all humanity, Elohim is putting forth his insight to his creation. The first thing I would say he is saying is, you have no clue <laughs> what you're doing without me. I am in charge of all the things that are hidden. I have the knowledge of all that. I hold the truth in the mysteries you inquire of my creation and your life. So that is ultimately why I see it's important the importance of Moses and what was given to him, the very word of Elohim. I'll take one more question, then we'll close with something, okay? Or comment. So basically, I see all of us as a prophet because if we are, the reason we are here in this building is because we received a message some way. Hmm. And we are walking out God's way. 
here. And so I don't limit that word of prophet to, to uh, Abraham or <laughs> those others. We are all prophets. And if a person says, like the uh, TV we often see, <clears throat> that this is a prophet of God, I say only if he's in the Hebrew perspective. If he's in the church, preaching churchy, I'm sorry. I understand what you're saying, but make sure you come next week because we're going to look at something and it's going to be puzzling. <laughs> I, but no, yeah, I yeah. agree with what you're right. saying, but we have to add something else into that whole equation. <laughs> I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, no. perfect. No, I will be. So that's what I'm, I believe the, that we are prophets because we all receive this message some way, yes. somehow. No, and I, we I, wouldn't be here if we hadn't received it and shared it. Most of us get a lot of rejection, but we still share it. So. Yes. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. Because, yes, we, you see that characteristic that's in us as well. So let me leave us with this, and we'll get back to this next week, like I promise. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord Yahuwah knew face to face. Moses brought forth what? The hidden things, the words of Elohim. Again, Yahuwah takes a lot of the guesswork out by giving this to Moses and what is expected of his people. So ultimately, here we see in Moses, prophet, teacher, and when you call him very wise, So next week, let me close in prayer. Next week, we'll continue because there, there is a lot that I just going. We're going to go to some of these prophets and some of these things that happen in around them and hopefully gather some maybe more insight that we never had before. At least I come across some things. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are, and there is no one like you. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to your words. And Father, your faithfulness of showing favor and mercy to those who are yearning after you. Father, thank you. Please continue to provide for our needs. We have nowhere else to go. Only you can hold all of that. We thank you again for the love and mercy and that your very words became flesh, dwelt among us, and he, your only brought forth son, Yahshua, has died like a seed and now has risen again. And Father, he's producing fruit like the prophet says. He's bringing us back to you. We thank you. Amen. Shalom, everyone, and those online, and we'll get back right here next week.